Don't dwell in the past. The past is the past because it's past. Instead of letting yesterday affect all of your tomorrows, lay yesterday down so you can reach for what lies ahead. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. impossible to move forward when you're constantly looking backward. Hi and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire and thank you so much for joining us this time. Today we're continuing with part two of the message, Forgetting What Lies Behind. One of the great hindrances to moving forward in God's will and purpose for us is when we're somehow stuck in the past. Someone hurts us or we make a terrible mistake or a season of life that we consider wonderful changes and we just can't seem to get over it, we can't get past it, and we become stuck in the past, living each day looking in the rearview mirror. If that's you, then today's word is just for you. So grab your Bible and let's explore together the powerful words of the Apostle Paul who encouraged all Christians with the words, forgetting what lies behind. willing to let it go. I'll give you another illustration. It just popped into my head. Do you know that in Africa, there is a type of monkey that the natives want to catch, and I hate to say it, but eat. Now, this monkey, they're smart, and the natives figured out there's only one way we can catch them. We will hollow out a gourd, and we will fill the gourd with things the monkey likes. And they found that if they made the hole just the right size, The monkey could get his hand in there to grab hold of what he wanted, but he had to let go in order to bring his hand back out. And they realized that when they walk up on the monkey, he was not willing to let go of what he had in order to get free, so he's captured. So you either got an old Frisbee in your mouth or you got something in your hand you won't let go of. And what you don't understand is in letting go is your freedom and letting go is your liberty and letting go is your blessing and letting go is a new day, a new opportunity, a new hour, a new door. Now, the second thing I see in our text is that we were saved on purpose for a purpose. You were saved on purpose. Now, here's a revelation for a lot of believers. You weren't just saved for heaven. You were saved for something here and now on earth. There is a purpose. You were saved on purpose for a purpose. God had a purpose in mind for you. He had something in his mind for you. He has something in mind for all of us corporately as a church body, but he also has an individual purpose, an individual destiny for every person in this room. And it's my calling to convince you of that. Paul said, I've given my life, listen to this, and I've lost it all so that I might lay hold of that for which Jesus laid hold of me. I want you to say with me, everybody's got a that. 
Now I'm going to say it again. Listen to this. I've given my life. I've laid it all down on the altar so that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me. The that is what he had in his mind for you when he laid hold of you. That. That. And my that and your that are different. But we've all got a that. We've got a corporate that. We're to show forth his glory. We're to reach people. We're to spread the word of God. We're to lift up Jesus. But we also have an individual that. I have laid it all down. I've given everything up. I've put everything behind me. I've let go of everything I must so that I am free to lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me. Now, the words here are so powerful. The phrase laid hold. you got to get what this is. It's so strong. Listen to what Jesus did. That phrase, laid hold, comes from one Greek word, and it means this, to overtake, to arrest, to capture to seize something in a forceful manner and make it one's own. Paul said, Jesus seized me. He captured me. He made me his own. I'm no longer my own, said Paul. Read his writings. Read what he wrote. I'm no longer my own. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I live for him, die for him, serve him. I'm at his beck and call. He is my life. I can't wait to get to heaven to be with him. He's my heartbeat. He's my love. He's my romancer. I'm in love with him. But the only reason I'm in love with him is because he laid hold of me first. And we got to get that today. You would not be saved if he hadn't first come to you. If he hadn't first approached you. If he hadn't first drawn near to you. I got news for some of you. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. Listen to what Jesus said. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. You know, we go out after we get saved. We say, yesterday I found the Lord. You ought to say, yesterday the Lord found me. You were in that pit of sin. You were in that darkness. You were in that despair. And he came and he found you. He said, I chose you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. So there's the that. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Why? For this reason, that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should remain. That's the that. You didn't first come to Jesus. Jesus first came to you. John said we love him because he first loved us. If you're his today, it is solely by his amazing grace and tender mercies. Jesus found you and laid hold of you, convicted you of sin. He arrested you with Holy Ghost conviction over your sins. He captured you with his love. He forcefully snatched you out of the devil's grasp and he made you his very own. Paul says he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son who he loves. You know, in any rescue, the rescuee is helpless or he doesn't need to be rescued. If you are in need of rescue, then you need a rescuer to rescue you, the rescuee. Because the rescuee, you, can't rescue yourself. When we got saved, we were the rescuee saved by the rescuer because we could not rescue ourselves. I can't believe I just said all that. I'm working it. I'm working it. I want you to understand, 
You were doomed. You were hellbound. It was over for you if the rescuer had not rescued you. And what did he do? He rescued you out of the dominion and the rule and the grip and the tyranny of the devil. And he brought you into the kingdom of God's dear son. So say with me, I've been rescued. And you know what? At this very moment, Jesus is extending his great hand and laying it upon the shoulders of the entire world. He laid hold of us. He laid hold of me in jail. He laid hold of you. You know where you were. If you're saved, you can remember the place and the moment when Jesus' hand came and laid itself on you and talked to you and wooed you and drew you to himself. Now i got a question for you. Right now, the whole world is being called by him. It's not his will that any would perish, but all would come to the knowledge of the truth. And what is he doing? He's extending his hand to the whole world. I'm finding that people are ready to be saved everywhere I go. He's laying his hand on you. And some of you watching right now, in here and by streaming video, who will hear this on radio, listen, there is a voice talking to you within my voice. It's not my voice. There's a voice in my voice. And he's laying hold of you right now with conviction and with love. He's talking to you. And you know the voice. I knew the voice. My sheep know my voice. When he comes to you with conviction, you know that it's the voice of the Spirit. And he says, now is the day. Now is the time. This is the hour. I'm calling you. I'm beckoning you. I'm giving you the chance to turn. Now. And now that he's laid his hand on you, and he's been doing it a while with some of you, have you yielded? Or have you resisted when you were laid hold of? Leave me alone, you say to God. Have you tried to get away? Did you plant your feet and say, I will not be drawn? I'm not budging? Or have you neglected the pressure? That's why it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? When the Spirit speaks, it is for that moment, that hour, that time. It's your time. It's a divine visit. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And I will fellowship with him and relate to him and have relationship with him. And he with me. So Paul is saying, he laid his hand on me. But then I said, Paul's first words were, what do you want me to do, Lord? What have you done with that call, with that knock? What have you done with it? Paul says, if you have yielded, then let me tell you what to do next. If you have said, Lord, I'm your, what do you want me to do? He says, let me tell you what you do next. He informs us that Jesus' hand was laid upon us for a purpose. And the purpose, catch this now, is not fulfilled only by the hand being laid upon you. He makes the first move. But unless you in turn put out your hand and say, it is my resolve to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of me, you can miss your purpose. You can miss your purpose. I'm not saying you'll miss heaven, but you can miss your purpose. 
Because you see, he laid his hand on you. And we, we say, well, I got fire insurance. Now I can go live the way that I want because now I'm saved. No, no. Now that you're saved, you're no longer your own. And what is the that he's got over your life? Paul said, he laid hold of me, and now it's my resolve to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of me. The that he had in mind when he came into my life. Listen to Paul. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. He said, I was saved on purpose for a purpose, and I want that purpose. And we know that he reached it because at the end of his life, he said, I finished my fight. I finished the course. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my course. I finished. So we know that he laid hold of that. He fulfilled that. And he said, I finished what he gave me. Jesus said the same thing. It is finished. The that he came into the world for was to die for the sins of the world. And that was accomplished. You say, well, Jeff, I don't know what my that is. Let me give you some of your that's. You ready? You're called to live for him, to serve him, to bear spiritual fruit, both personally and to help produce it in other people. I'm going to say that last part again. You're not just called to produce fruit in yourself. You're called to help produce it in the lives of other people. See, you are supposed to be contagious. I'm contagious. I cannot help it. Anywhere I go, I tell people, nine times out of ten, I come out with it immediately. As I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, I serve the Lord because I want to put it right up front at the very beginning because I know that I'm called to be contagious. See, I'm carrying not a disease, but I'm carrying a blessing. And the blessing is Jesus in me, the hope of glory. I'm carrying that blessing. I'm carrying it everywhere that I go. And so I'm supposed to spread it. Jesus said, don't you let me light you like a candle and then you go put it under a covering? You're supposed to shine. Everything else has come out of the closet. Why don't you? Come out of the closet, Christian. Come out of the closet. Come out. Where are you? <laughs> First Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Each of you in the Greek means every one of you. He's given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well, says Peter, to serve one another. So we're supposed to not only bear spiritual fruit ourselves, but there's some fruit you're never going to bring forth unless you bring forth fruit in others. That's where the real blessing is. People have said to me, how in the world have you stood up and preached after losing Kathy? Well, you know what? I learned a long time ago that giving heals. I'm going to say that again, giving heals. Some of you live in a cave. You live depressed. You live in a circle of misery. Sometimes you just need to break out of that circle, come out of your cave, and get out there and help somebody. Reach out, call somebody. There is a that for which Jesus laid hold of you. 
And we should all press on to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of us. Amen. Now then Paul gives us the key, the key to an unhindered pursuit of our purpose. He said, you're going to have to forget the past. You have to forget the past. He said, forgetting. Now here's a man who had killed Christians. Here's a man who had torn families apart in the name of his God. Here's a man who had stood there while Stephen was martyred by being stoned to death and he was consenting to it. Here's a man who was the terror of the early church. The name of Saul struck fear in the hearts of God's people in the embryonic early church. He was hell on wheels. He was a major persecutor. He shed blood. He murdered in the name of God, Jehovah. This is the one who's saying, forgetting what lies behind. I know the devil. Don't you know the devil came to him and said, who are you to preach? Who are you to preach? You killed Christians. You hypocrite. Who are you to go fellowship with them? You killed them. You're a murderer. You're a shedder of blood. I know how the devil works. Don't you know the devil tried to get on his shoulder and speak into his ear? And tell him, give it up. It's not you. Who are you? And, and much less call yourself an apostle. you got to be kidding me. The only way he could do it was by being a humongous believer in the efficacy of the blood. That there is no sin. The blood can't wash away. Some of you have said to yourself, well, I can't come to him. He doesn't know what I've done. God already knows everything that you've done. Well, in light of what I've done, he can't forgive me. Listen, you didn't do what Paul's done. You didn't do what Paul did. You haven't killed Christians. You haven't blasphemed. He said later, I blasphemed that holy name. You haven't blasphemed. And yet, he was forgiven. He said, forgetting what lies behind. Reaching for what lies ahead. Now notice that in order to lay hold of that for which we were laid hold of, we must let go of the past. Now, let me tell you what that includes. That includes successes and that includes failures, good times and bad, offenses and hurts, letdowns and disillusionments, betrayals and heartaches, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You got to let it go. Some people feel like their past was so successful, God can never match it, so they live in the past. Some people feel like they've done so many bad things, God can never forgive it, so they live in the past. They're going down the highway of salvation, looking in the rear view mirror, driving in the rear view mirror instead of through the windshield. They're living in regret. They're living in pain. They're living in hurt. They have said to themselves, I can't get over this around it or under it or by it. But you can. He said, let go. He said, forgetting, forgetting. Now that Greek word is interesting because it means a choice to lay something aside. A choice to lay something aside. Remember that dog? He got one look of that brand new Frisbee. And he said, what I've been holding on to all this time is not worth keeping. (laughs) And he grabbed the new. Came marching up to me with that new Frisbee. Uh Uh-huh. I'm smart. 
Now, let me tell you what he's not saying, because some of you are going, oh, well, that's easy for you to say. Forget about it. But he's not telling us to act like yesterday didn't happen. He's not telling us to live in unhealthy denial. He's not telling us any of that. Here's what he's saying. Don't live there. Don't dwell in the past. The past is the past because it's past. It's past. It's past. What you did, you can't undo. What you went through, you can't ungo through. There's certain things you can't un. Okay? So instead of letting yesterday affect all of your tomorrows, lay yesterday down so you can reach for what lies ahead. Because I have one last word I'm going to show you. Reaching. He said, forgetting, choosing to lay something aside and neglect it. That's the idea. You lay it aside and you neglect it. If you feed the past, it grows. But you neglect it. You just forget. You choose to neglect it. I'm not going to nurse it. I'm not going to rehearse it. I'm not going to disperse it. I'm letting it go. Bye-bye. That's what it's all about, letting the old go and grabbing that new thing. Behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Now it shall spring forth. I will make a way in the wilderness, a road in the desert. I'll give you springs of water in the desert. I'm going to do a new thing. Shall you not spot it, recognize it, know it? Reaching means straining. The idea, it's a strong word. It means you're having to press, push, strain, fight, struggle, reaching. And the whole idea is if you're hindered by something back there, you cannot effectively strain to reach what's ahead. Because it's going to take everything to strain and reach what God has for you and for me. From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. The violence, take it by force. Straining, fighting, reaching, pressing. I fought a good fight. I want you to say this with me. Is one, be willing to lose in order to gain. Two, lay down the past to reach for the future. Third, lay hold of that for which Jesus laid hold of us. Now, can you walk with that? If we'll do that, we're going to rock this world with Jesus. We're going to rock this world. Well, I hope today's message has helped you. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow for part two of this powerful message on forgetting what lies behind and reaching for what is ahead. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with all of our Life Talk listeners you're going to want to take advantage of. And be sure to join me next time as we begin a powerful new series entitled The Race. Until then, may God bless you richly is my prayer.
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, every time God uses the ministry of Life Talk to transform a life by the power of Jesus Christ, it's because somebody like you gave financially and helped make it possible. Life Talk's daily program is listener supported, so if you're interested in supporting this ministry, call toll free 877 884 3111. That's 877 884 3111. Or visit us online at lifetalkradio.us and make a donation to empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877 884 3111. Or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Today's program is entitled, Forgetting What Lies Behind. You can get your own copy of this message for just $5 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.